Hey, this is HK Perrin, and you're listening to Echoplex Media. Check out the Intellectual Dollar Tree live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. When they actually spend their time listening to this show, what does it mean? It means we're winning.
right, everybody, welcome to The Plex. We do this show live every Sunday, usually at 7. We'll be back to 7 p.m. next week for this show. Um, you can support this project at echoplexmedia.com slash support or uh, at eplex.store. You can buy merch and uh, join a membership that is uh, similar to Patreon there. Um, obviously, this is my first show from the new studio. I hope everybody likes things even more going forward. And um, you can find me now on your grinder grid in the East Bay. And this, this is what the people want. I don't hate the cops. And there's a person inside when the truncheon stops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch. If you don't stop throwing your rocks, snap, crackle, pop. It's the sound of a taser. Your body drops. Don't hate the cops. Donate the cops, donate the cops Donate the cops Like your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops 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 Jesse Waters, uh, slavery understander. He says this right here. This is well documented among historians. This is historical fact that slaves did develop skills while they were enslaved and then used those skills as blacksmiths, uh, as in agriculture, uh, tailoring uh, in the shipping business to then use to benefit themselves and their families once they were freed. That's not controversial. And it actually speaks to the resilience and the aptitude of the enslaved African-Americans who were at the time 
able to better themselves and able to improve their situation, despite brutal, brutal conditions, horrific and abhorrent conditions. I mean, sure, I guess it's a testament to their fucking resiliency and shit, but like, what about the ones who didn't make it? (laughs) There were a lot of those. The dead ones didn't get to be resilient. (laughs) So this is just crazy. Like, they're just trying to cover for like one of their homies who said something stupid. Like, their their homie just said something stupid, and they can't just be like, oh, our homie just said something stupid. <sighs> Up next is a clip from Foxes the Five, and this is a top-notch discourse from Foxes the Five, in sort of the same vein as the last clip that we watched, actually. Do you think that she read the whole thing and just decided to cherry-pick something? I, I do think that she read the whole thing, and I think that it's an incredibly complex piece. When you look at 191 passages... You have some good, and, and frankly, I'm just fundamentally uncomfortable with the sentence that blacks benefited at all from this. And, I, you know, it made me think as someone, obviously I'm not black, but I'm Jewish. Would someone say about the Holocaust, for instance, that there were some benefits for Jews, right? While they were hanging out in concentration camps, you learned a strong work ethic, right? Maybe you learned a new skill. Did you ever you read Man's Search for Meaning? Vic Frankel talks about how you had to survive in a concentration yeah. camp by having skills. You had to be useful. Utility, utility okay. kept you but alive. We're also talking about middle schoolers here. And there's a lot of concern about what age people are prepared to understand complex issues. I'm not sure that 12 is the right age to start hearing things like, eh, and when you were enslaved here in America. What about oh, he had to bring it up. He's like, well, what about gender? And it's like, yeah, I, I don't know that like, I don't know that like there's that it's a problem with like oh these are young people being exposed to these ideas. I think the 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 problem actually is like the 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 fucking idea. Like the like I don't think that like we adults should be talking about like oh you know the slaves did uh pretty good because they were able to um you know learn some life skills. <laughs> no, I don't think we should be talking about that as adults either. So I mean like people are free to do what they want obviously because somebody uh, wrote about it but what no 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 no. so up next we got one more clip from the five because of course we do this is uh greg gutfeld explaining how he got his uh late night show at the beginning i didn't want to do the show in fact i called do tell i called a famous talk show host and he said greg you have it good you have it good. You do the five. The five's great ensemble. You don't have to work that hard. You do this thing on Saturday. That's good. One night a week. You don't want any more hassle. It's a lot of work. You're getting older. You want to work less. And I said to myself, this is exactly what I'm thinking. So I told our boss, Suzanne, I said, yeah, I'm not thinking about it. But then I called Tucker mm-hmm. and I called Tucker and I go, hey, you know, I don't think I'm going to do this show. And he goes, what? You gotta be crazy. This guy is aggressively unfunny. (laughs) (laughs) And literally, that was aggressively unfunny. I changed my mind. And I go, like, these apps, I'm like, you gotta do this. You gotta do this. You can't be scared. You gotta run right at it. So that's what I did. It was probably Tucker's idea for him to steal the Garfield logo for his show. He's like, ah, just steal the Garfield logo. It'll be fine. Nobody will notice. And every Tucker not sending us his best. (laughs) Up next. We got one that I called, uh, you know, just charging random people with crimes. This is uh, from the Laura Ingram show. And her guest appears to be uh, Josh Hawley talking about just, you know, charging random people with crimes. Because, you know, that's what we do now. 
you know, the party of the party of law and order talking about this. Well, they just keep piling on Trump from from every corner. Yeah. Now we're down to charging like random people, just throwing those into the indictments. Is it any coincidence that the DOJ rushes to add these new indictments today after the Hunter debacle, after their own self-dealing and two timing is exposed, after they tried to hide from us the true extent of this plea deal that gets blown up and then it's like, oh, we got to go indict Trump on something else. I mean, it's so brazen right now what they're doing. It is really a subversion of the rule of law. I mean, they're taking the rule of law, turning it on its head. And Lord, we just we cannot allow this to stand the american people are not going to be safe our rule of our, our, our system of government is not going to be safe if this is going to be the new standard if the news like what do you mean do like like i don't know like if i really liked any president it would be silly for me to think that if after they were office they were charged with a crime that that would mean that i'm next i'm going to be charged with a crime next like i'm nobody fucking DOJ has no idea who I am. Like, what do they mean? Like, oh, you're going to get charged with a crime next. It's like, well, for what? Fucking nobody even knows who fucking, like, most people, like, are, are, are like, unknown to, like, the DOJ. It's such a silly thing to be like, oh, somebody famous had something happen to them, and, uh, you know, they, it could be you next. And it's like, well, I guess if it's, like, a disease, maybe, but if it's, if it's, like, somebody came after you, well, no. No, it probably isn't going to be you next, because you're not famous. Up next, we got a, or if anybody here, uh, my Twitch audience, if you've seen Twitch panels before, you would uh, notice that a lot of times there's a lot of people on them. Well, we got CNN here with, I count nine fucking people on their fucking panel to talk about documents and security clearance. Nine fucking people. This is a major breakthrough in this case. And just to refresh our viewers' memories, there is an incident charged in the initial indictment and charged again in this new indictment where Donald Trump is showing people with no security clearance after he's left the White House, people who are writing a book about Mark Meadows, he's ruffling documents and telling them to look at this. He says, I could have declassified when I was in office. But I didn't. And there had been some question, as Caitlin just laid out, about whether there was an actual classified document he was showing or whether he was just puffing or exaggerating. And as Caitlin said, Donald Trump's representative said it was the latter. Now we know that's not true. Now we know the document Donald Trump was showing these people with zero security clearance was an actual highly classified document that had to do with war plans. And we know DOJ has that document. They've now added a charge against Donald Trump. And why this is so important is because this is the one incident in the whole indictment where Donald Trump most flagrantly disseminates the information, where it's not just sitting in boxes in his bathroom or on the stage at Mar-a-Lago, which is bad, which is potentially criminal, but it's the one most flagrant incident where he's taking that information and giving it out to somebody. And that's why it's such an important and dangerous moment in this case. Certainly. Why were there nine people on that panel? I don't even care what that guy said. There were like nine people on the screen and there was only one person talking. Whoever was operating the camera switcher was definitely falling down on the job. He's like, ah, let's just, uh, let's just put as many fucking people on the screen as possible. Make it look like we, you think they think that it makes it look like they have their, their team on something. That must be it, right? They, they, it makes them look like their, their team is on it. Well, Putting nine people on the screen and only letting one of them talk doesn't really make me feel like the other people on the screen are even part of the team. Um, but that's just uh, my, you know, uneducated non-media person take. I'm not a camera switching expert, so as uh, many can tell. Up next, we got a, uh, looks like a, 
It's like, yikes. It looks like somebody uh, in Trump's order deleted some of the security footage after they knew that there was an investigation happening. Great. President Trump now facing additional charges in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case. Those charges include willful retention of national defense information and two additional obstruction charges. Those are related to alleged attempts to delete surveillance video footage from Trump's Mar-a-Lago club last summer. Now, according to the indictment, Trump requested, that's the word they use, that a Mar-a-Lago employee, quote, delete security camera footage in order to, quote, prevent the footage from being provided to a federal grand jury. These new charges are in addition to the 37 charges Trump is already facing. And we are also learning tonight that new charges were filed as well against Trump's aide, Walt Nauta. And a third individual is now charged uh, specifically uh, related to this uh, deleting a video. And that man is Carlos de Oliveira. He is the head of maintenance at Mar-a-Lago who helped Trump's aide, Walt Nauta, move boxes of classified documents after the Justice Department first subpoenaed Trump for those documents. Now, we don't know exactly how many times he helped move them, but we do know that he did help. And we know that those boxes sat for months in a ballroom where events and gatherings were taking place that the public was able to access. The boxes were then moved to a business center, then to a bathroom. From there, the boxes were moved to a storage room. Like the head of maintenance? Why do you, what the fuck? Like that sucks. You're like the head of maintenance for, for some, just some hotel or like a resort or something. And now all of a sudden, cause you did what your boss said, you're like, on, you're like, you've been like charged with crimes and shit. What the fuck? Like the head of maintenance. This just is, this is like, this just gets dumber and fucking dumber. Like, I know it's all bad. It's all like really bad stuff, but it's all just really dumb. Like just dumb. Up next, we got Pastor Mark Burns. Um, this guy has uh, been on uh, Clay Clark's Reawaken America tour uh, many times. And um, he thinks that uh, all this is actually fine, like whatever. Even uh, throwing the maintenance guy under the bus, apparently, because uh, the man was anointed by God, after all. The DOJ has been used as a Gestapo-type weapon, nice uh, uh, entity, to go after the leading candidate um, for the Republican nomination, Joe Biden's biggest political enemy. This, uh, these, these type of incidents, they've been happening right. in the swamp. This is why we need the blood of Jesus like never before. We need to have the power of God like never before. We need to be invoking Deuteronomy's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. We need to be invoking 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4. We need to be using the word of God, the scriptures, to, have to, to, to allow Master Jesus through the Holy Spirit to go before us, fight our battles in the spiritual realm. Because remember, Pastor Gene, as you know, and the Flashpoint Army know, our weapons are not carnal but our weapons are are in the supernatural realm we have to yeah. do more praying fasting speaking in tongues calling out casting out demons just Wait, he more speaking in tongues i thought like the idea of speaking in tongues is that the uh fucking spirit took a hold of you or whatever and that's why you speak in tongues now he's just telling like people Jesus to do it did. and i believe that that's why donald trump is leading in the polls because as I've already said, Pastor Gene, he is God's anointed. I don't care about his personal life. He's God's anointed. Well, shout out to Right Wing Watch, I suppose. Like the 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 thing that struck me about that was mostly the thing about speaking in tongues, if I'm being perfectly honest. Because I thought that 
I thought that you th- that was unintentional. I thought that the point of speaking in tongues is you show up at like a revival or whatever, and you're just so overcome by the spirit that now you're speaking uh, gibberish, speaking in tongues. But apparently, this is just something that we need to do more of. So I, he, maybe he, if we're being charitable, maybe he thinks people should be overcome by the spirit more often. But it was just a, I think it was just a weird thing to say, all things considered. Um, anyway, up next, we got uh, this guy. This, guy, uh, this, is, uh, this is Peter Navarro is going to talk about, of course, obviously, the, uh, the coming civil war. They're always talking about this shit. There's always another civil war coming. Roughly half of Republicans and over a third of Democrats believe America is on the brink of civil war. If such an unthinkable war breaks out, it will be the Democrats' fault. In their quest for power, radical elements within the Democrat Party have abandoned any pretense of fairness, tolerance, and justice. In their woke new world, Democrat strategists use unscrupulous lawfare tactics to skew our election system, even as weaponized bureaucracies like the Department of Justice, FBI, and National Archives, now under Democrat control, seek to destroy the Republican Party and its the National Archives, now under Democratic control. The National Archives? De facto leader, Donald Trump. The Democrat activists and strategists now driving this nation towards a second civil war have neither justice nor righteousness on their side. Instead, they are attempting to trample on our religions, disarm us, and impose all manner of woke social, cultural, and economic changes that are far What are woke economic changes? ...inside the bounds of America's traditions, traditional values, and constitutional roots. My strong admonition to these Democrats, as I appeal to the wiser in your party, is this. Back this anti-democratic truck up before it runs over you. Do you not understand that the long... But if you're in the driver's seat and then you never mind. ...you engage in your assaults on American families and values, the more likely a new civil war becomes. And do you not understand that the perverse precedents you are creating through your weaponized bureaucracies and woke attacks will come back to haunt you as soon as Republicans take back Trump's America from your cold, woke hands. <laughs> the end from your cold, woke hands. My hands get cold sometimes, and I guess I'm pretty woke. Is that what he's talking about, from my cold, woke hands? <laughs> I almost didn't include that because it was pretty fucking stupid. Like, I watched it beforehand, too. I was like, this is probably pretty stupid. I'm like, ah. I had a busy week. I didn't have time to put together as good a docket as I could have possibly put together. So we'll go ahead and include that. So up next, we got we got speculation that the White House is going to pardon Hunter Biden. And um, I think that's what they're not going to do. I think that there's no reason to that uh, Hunter Biden pled guilty to to um, some federal crimes and given probation and served his sentence, just like any, there's like a not lot of other people who uh, pled guilty to those specific crimes. And so there's no real point in pardoning him. It doesn't do anything. In fact, all it would do would, all it would do was, it would just make, it would just be stupid. There's no, there's no reason to do it. And it's his son. Yeah. Like you just don't do it. Like he's not in jail and no, yeah. It would just like uh, feed, it would just feed the machine. It would give people who, think that that's what he's going to do. It'd give him what he wants. And 
I mean, the saga of Hunter Biden's crimes is over so far as we know. Who knows? Maybe there's more. This is the moment on pardoning his son. Listen. Let me go back to the first question of the briefing. I know you said not a lot's changed since yesterday and that it's a personal matter, but from a presidential perspective, is there any possibility that the president would end up pardoning his son? No. Well, is there, has I, I well, just said no. I just... <laughs> Good answer. Answer. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So write that write that one down because we no. may need to revisit it at some point. That was news. And we yeah, had you know, a lot of a, it. There's a lot of sort of, you know, 11th hour pardons as you're on your way out the door at the end of either your first or your second term. And, you know, if, if we got to that point, uh, I wouldn't rule it out. We'll that see. was a few interesting moments. All right. Um, but there's no reason to. It doesn't it wouldn't it, accom- it like accomplishes nothing. That's the the problem with it is it doesn't accomplish anything. Like, it's not like the it's not like uh, the it's not like Hunter Biden's out there looking for a fucking regular job like normal people, right? So what the fuck good does a pardon do? Like, it not. He's just going to continue to spend dad's money for the rest of his fucking life. Like, I don't understand why. What there's just no there's no upside to it. Even even if uh, Biden is defeated or whatever, and he. he you know, he goes out, uh, in 2025, like in January, 2025, there's still, there's just no upside to it. It doesn't, it's already been adjudicated. He's, I don't know how much probation he got, probably not much. And so there's just nothing, there's nothing there for the Biden administration. If I was running that administration, I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, they'd be like, Hey, you going to pardon your son? I'd be like, what? Didn't he like out walking around free and be like, yeah. And I'd be like, no. Uh, so up next we got, uh, Laura Loomer, I don't know what the fuck she's doing. I mean, this is Steve Bannon's show, so you know he kind of takes all comers. But I don't know what Laura Loomer's doing back in the public eye. But uh, here's her talking about uh, an event that she went to for, uh, I guess, technically candidate Ron DeSantis. High dollar donor retreat in Deer Valley, uh, Utah, at the resort that uh, Ron DeSantis spent over $87,000 of his dwindling campaign resources for uh, this weekend. And I don't know if I'm like at a strip club or a high dollar donor retreat for Ron DeSantis's campaign. But um, but yeah, it's like Hoochie Mama Central in Deer Valley, uh, Utah. Did she just call Deer Valley, Utah, Hoochie Mama Central? I think she just called Deer Valley, Utah, Hoochie Mama Central. And I guarantee you, Whatever you think a hoochie mama is, there ain't many of them in Deer Valley. And uh, these are super bundlers for Ron DeSantis with their trophy wives. And uh, as you can see from that video, a song in my head, it makes me sing like that. And I'm ready to go. And I'm ready to I think it means that one blonde lady. Like, who's that blonde lady? This is kind of cringe, but you get me out of my mind. Can't stop this feeling. I mean, that's no more cringe than just being Laura Loomer, I suppose. But that's kind of cringe. I don't know. Hoochie Mama Central, get the fuck out of here! Did you see that place? It was like in the middle. It was like like in the high desert somewhere. Um. It's it's interesting that anybody's even trying to go after Ron DeSantis because I mean like it's obvious that uh Trump is the going to be the nominee. Like even if like the fucking blue wave fucking weirdo fucking Twitter Democrat people are right and he's going to be in 
prison or whatever. He'll still be the nominee. Like these people are like, I don't know. I don't know why they're going. I mean, and they're, yeah, I don't know why they're going after Ron DeSantis in this way. I, I don't like Ron DeSantis particularly, but I feel like it's like a waste of everyone's time to even like think about it. Up next, uh, just so everyone knows, Ted Cruz has a podcast, and um, it's interesting that uh, he's being interviewed uh, by Eric, or introduced, I believe, by Eric Bowling here, and uh, Eric Bowling is, well, you'll see. You'll see how he introduces uh, Senator Ted Cruz. Shocked in newsrooms. I'm sure they were shocked in the courtroom. Were you shocked in, in, the, in the halls of the Senate? No, Eric, I have to admit I was not shocked. As you know, I do a podcast every week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, called Verdict with Ted Cruz. Today's podcast was entirely or primarily about this hearing this morning, where, among other things, I pointed out that the federal... I couldn't imagine listening to Ted Cruz's podcast. I mean, maybe I'll check it out sometime just to see, like, what's going on over there. But this, this guy's, like, universally disliked. <laughs> Up next... We got a uh, Kevin McCarthy. This is just a totally normal thing for the Speaker of the House to be doing here. Just a, a totally, absolutely normal, not weird or fucking pilled or anything. Just normal. Just a regular thing that the Speaker of the House tends to do. One of my goals is to open up the House and get members working together again. We've made some great progress in that, where, where bills actually come through committees, where members are now showing up for work. And so tonight, I'm going to have another movie night. We're going to show The Sound of Freedom. And Jim Caviezel, who stars the movie, and Tim Ballard, what the movie is about. I'm hoping Republicans and Democrats can come together, see a movie about human trafficking, we're going to actually find ways to stop the human trafficking that's continuing to move throughout the world. So he's like, I'm going to have everybody over to watch the fucking QAnon movie. Because that's just a totally normal thing that a Speaker of House does. I think movie night for Congress is kind of a cool idea, but they should be watching, like, The Sound of Music, not The Sound of Freedom, right? should be, like, totally innocuous, old. Because a lot of the people in Congress are pretty fucking old anyway. So why, why wouldn't they just watch an old movie that, you know, was sort of from their, their time, you know, here's looking at you kid, but no, they're watching the, the pilled movie and that I'm just, I, I was waiting for him to say that like Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard would be there. And, uh, I guess he, uh, didn't say that, which is fantastic. Cause I'm glad they're not there. Though I do think that both of them have briefed members of Congress about this. And especially with Jim Caviezel, that's terrifying because the dude fucking lost his marbles. He's fucking completely cuckoo birds. Up next, up next, we got Paul Gosar. He's going to talk about uh, the new drug strategy out of the White House. Biden's national drug control strategy is 150 pages. The words God and faith are not mentioned one time. People need a purpose to be happy. To quote Robert F. Kennedy, I know that's awful hard. Quote, unemployment kills, end of quote. The left offers endless benefits, in other words, dependency, because dependent population votes for the providers of those benefits. But a human being, but a human being needs a purpose, a good job, the ability to provide for a family, a belief in a creator in order to be happy. I mean, no. Like, what do you, I don't care if, like, 
there's I guess there's not supposed to be religious language in something, but if like somebody kind of alludes to a creator or something in a bill, I kind of don't care. But this guy's like, oh, there's none of my God is in there. My, no mention of my God. It's like, fuck you. You didn't read the whole thing anyway. These people never read the whole thing. He had his staffers read it or he just hit control F, right? He was like a control F God didn't find it. Control F faith didn't find it. Now he's mad. Up next, we have Marjorie the Gathering. Um, she is going to jump to the defense of anti-vaxxer and known kook uh, RFK Jr. When he for his statements about the vaccine being genetically engineered to not target Chinese or Jewish folks. You have the weaponization committee, uh, and all the Democrats are outraged at at Bobby Kennedy because he's talking about the very real possibility that COVID-19 could have been engineered to target people by race. And so the Democrats are trying to censor him. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, just uh, just maybe an hour ago, was trying to completely shut him down and censor his speech. But how? How does he, like, this guy is getting, like, huge numbers on, like, everything he does. He's, he's you know, he's not going to win the primary, but this guy's not being censored. Like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, how's like I don't understand what she means censored here. Does she mean that he's not getting meetings with uh, top officials in the party? That he's not allowed to? That he's not being given time to speak at uh, you know events held by the Democratic Party? I just don't know what she means there. I I think that they just use the word censored just to kind of mean whatever it needs to mean, and a lot of times it for like like heterodox thinkers or whatever, like the IDW and like fucking conspiracy theorists and whatnot. A lot of times I'm being censored just means like other people aren't taking me seriously and are possibly insulting me. And that's not censorship. That's what happens when you, if you're going to go out there and fucking say your say, you know, you're going to be loud in the courtyard. You fucking better expect people to talk back, make fun of you. Or even sometimes you fucking those people to just not going to listen to you. And that's fine okay for people not to listen to you or not take you seriously or whatever so this week there was a ufo hearing in congress and it was dumb like it was dumb here's an example of the dumb ufo hearing that happened in congress this week intelligent extraterrestrials something i can't discuss in public setting um, okay, I can't ask when you think this occurred. <laughs> um, if you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, Wait, we watched this uh, on Conspiracy Bingo one night, and it was like a whole, whole load of nothing. I think our friends over at Unelectable Airwaves who also want to believe in aliens like I do, uh, and are more inclined maybe to believe this stuff. They also thought this was a, this, that this guy was full of shit. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. And was this documentary evidence, this video, photos, eyewitness? Like, how would that be determined? The specific documentation I would have to talk to you in a skiff about. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and, and you may or may not be able to answer my last question, and maybe we get into a skiff at the next hearing that we have, but who in the government either 
what agency, sub-agency, what contractors, who should be called into the next hearing about UAPs, either in a public setting or even in a private setting? And, and you probably can't name names, but what agencies or organizations, contractors, et cetera, do we need to call in to get these questions answered, whether it's about funding, what programs are happening, and what's out there? I can give you a specific cooperative and hostile witness list of specific individuals uh, that were in those. And, and how soon can we get that list? I'm happy to provide that to you after the hearing. Super. Thank you. And I yield back. Like I watched some of it. I was getting ready to move. So I didn't have like a lot of time to check out these hearings, but it was all dumb. Like their expert witnesses were like, I, I can't tell you. Oh, I know about it. Oh yeah. I know about it. It was, it almost sounded like, Oh, I have a girlfriend. She goes to another school. Uh, no, I can't introduce you to her. It was that kind of thing. But it was in like Congress. Like I said, this is what they want to waste their time on, and this is what they want to fucking waste their time on. I totally believe that people have seen stuff in the sky that they can't explain, and that the government can't explain. And uh, I'm open to the idea that uh, some of it may have been craft from another place and not this planet. But uh, this this guy is not credible. The guy that they just showed, he's not credible. And after they watched it, was a News Nation interview, the one that we watched on Conspiracy Bingo on Alien Night one night. I I can't, I can't believe they had him in, but I guess like somebody invited him in. It's not like they vote on who they're going to have in. Somebody can, I, I don't even know the mechanisms by which that is. I have a degree in political science too, and I don't know any of these mechanisms. Um, anyway, we're going to move on here. We have, um, we have very basic questions in Texas here about accountability for religious schools. And um, they just can't answer them, honestly. It's just, you know, very, very difficult, basic questions about accountability. The Catholic schools mm -hmm. that you oversee, what standard do they have to meet in terms of student outcome, student achievement, in order to keep their accreditation? That would be, I mean, every public school district comes in and be able to tell you that. Yeah. That's not my day-to-day -day job, is what I'm telling you. Are, you're the principal, sir? I am. Yeah. So what, what is that standard that you have to meet to keep your accreditation? Um, <clears throat> I couldn't give you the exact score of a student. So, well, I mean, I, if you want exact scores, so... Um, students have to be student stu to, to be able to pass students have to meet um, a passing score of 70 percentile so the student or the school has to be in the 70th percentile uh, the, that's the student for uh, for uh, to be uh, promoted to the next sure now I understand that how many of the students have to meet that standard for you to keep your accreditation um, I don't think we have a requirement of how many students have to meet that. Okay. As far as I'm going to make sure the committee heard that. <laughs> Very basic questions. And this guy's just, I don't think we have to do that. And I think he's probably right. I think that like, I think that like, especially in Texas, but probably the case here in California that like religious schools get to skirt, like no, a non insignificant amount of the sort of regulation and requirements that public schools have to uh, abide by. Not great. Anyway, we got a guy named uh, Hung Kao. He's running for a U.S. Senate in uh, Virginia, and he's talking to our uh, friend uh, Ramen Hare, uh, Sean Fucked from uh, Bethel up in Reading. Tell me about Virginia. Tell me about your experience. What do you see God doing? And then let's get into, obviously, your amazing announcement. What are you <laughs> pumped about? Well, the, the, um, 
the last three statewide elections were won by Republicans, right? The uh-huh. the governor, the lieutenant governor, and and the yeah. attorney general, all Republicans. And so, and and Winsome Sears is a gangster. Yes, she is, and I she's mean, we a love her. great woman of God. I mean, yeah. honestly, she she's always texting me prayers, and then we we pray back and forth, and she's amazing. And yeah. so, again, it's you know we can't let it turn like this. I, there's a place um, in Monterey, California, called Lovers Point. Yeah. Oh, that's a great spot. The original name was Lovers of Christ Point, but now it's become... Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, somebody may have been calling it Lovers of Christ Point, but that's... Lovers Point in Monterey wasn't about Jesus. I mean, some people might have been screaming out, oh God, oh God, oh God, and shit there, but wasn't about Jesus. Lovers Point is usually, you know, you know... Took out the Christ, it's Lovers Point, and it's really Monterey is a very dark place now. Yeah, a lot of witchcraft and, and <laughs> Monterey is a dark place with a lot of witchcraft. Monterey is a tourist trap with a lot of mediocre seafood restaurants that charge you like sixty dollars a plate. The 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 Wiccan community has really taken over <laughs> the Wiccan community. Did you know that everybody? You can't even get on the Monterey City Council or the Monterey County Board of Supervisors, if you're not a Wiccan. I don't know if you knew that. It's a, it's completely been taken over by the Crystal Shop Lobby. Just go there. You'll find out. I'll, I'll go and take pictures. There's just fucking witches on every fucking corner in Monterey. I let that happen in Virginia. Virginia yeah. is, I mean, especially down, down in, in Roanoke, they're God-loving right. people. Right. Richmond, too, and, and, and Virginia Beach, and we just need to... Virginia Beach is where Madison Star Moon is from. Y'all could do a lot you, y'all it would be much better if like there was a wiccan doing wiccan videos instead of madison star moon doing her 5g videos mobilize christians across the nation i mean <laughs> shout out to right wing watch that i didn't know that was going to be about wiccans that's pretty great i didn't know there were wiccans in monterey let's go i mean all my you know if you noticed most of my most of my a lot of my friends are kind of big titty goths right so i mean i'd fit in real well there everybody would love me Aging big titty goths and aging gay men unite in Monterey. I think it's a great idea. And I think um, I think I should move this whole operation down to Monterey when I have 59,000 people watching my show concurrently every night. Because then I can afford to move to Monterey. Anyway, this guy Perry Johnson is apparently sort of claiming to be running for president. Um, he's claiming to be running against Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis on the GOP side. and. Uh, this is just, you know, here's a little taste. You look at this and you think about us, the world looks at us and they say, wow, by golly, it's amazing. You look at Carnegie, you look at Vanderbilt, you look at Edison, you look at Henry Ford, you look at Elon Musk, and the world says, wow, this is a country <laughs> wow. like any country in the history of the world, and by golly, we're going to keep it that way. We are going to continue to be the greatest country the world has ever known. Wow. God bless <laughs> Iowa and God bless the United States of America. <laughs> Enjoy life. I kind of wonder what the rest of his speech was like. Because <laughs> it finished strong. It was like, wow. Everybody's like, Wow finishing strong baby finishing strong i bet the i bet the beginning was like policy heavy right just super policy heavy what a what a healthcare and economic policy so it's a little early for a palate cleanser but like i said i didn't really get to well, i just didn't 
I had, I had a lot of stuff to do this week, so I didn't get a super long docket. So it's uh, 43 minutes into the podcast part of the show, and we already have a palate cleanser, and we're it's going to loop because it's a Twitter video. It's only five seconds, but this, this is one hungry fucking pupper. One more time. That's actually me at the chowder stand if I end up moving to Monterey. The chowder would just be gone. That is a fucking hungry pupper. Man. And what an efficient eater. What an efficient eater. I wish I could eat that efficiently. I could I would save, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes a day if I could just devour a meal in like fucking six seconds flat like that pupper did. Also, what a cute dog. I'm afraid of the dog. I would be very terrified. What if it mistook my hand for a bowl of food? That was a hungry, hungry pupper. So up next, this is a bit of a weird one. We haven't really been covering the writer's strike because I, first of all, I don't know that much about it and I'm not really like a TV and movies person. I hope other uh, streamers and podcasters have been doing a good job covering the writer's strike. I would imagine majority reports are probably doing some pretty good work on that because Sam is Sam was in the industry for a while, uh, but I could be wrong. I, I haven't listened to the majority report in a while. Anyway, uh, but here's Danny Trejo, who I have mixed feelings about. I think he's a pretty good actor. Uh, he was in a, he was great in the episode of Burn Notice. He was in, um, but he's also like pushes uh, Narcotics Anonymous, which I don't know, there's like much better um, like evidence based uh, rehab programs. But anyway, that that's neither here nor there. Here's He's uh, taking an interview about um, the, 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 the strike and uh, just randomly calls the governor. My Danny, Danny Trejo, in addition to being an actor, has um, a line of taco stores and restaurants here in Los hey, Angeles. And music. And, so, and, and many things. And so you came here um, to support the actors. Tell us what your perspective is on this strike. Well, all we're asking is for everybody to be fair. That's it. Just fair. And, uh, you know, everything's gone up but our wages. And so it's like, uh, you know, we're all not Tom Cruise, you know, so it's like we got to support our money. I mean, we got to support. Hey, Newsom. Yeah, call me. You're <laughs> leaving a message for the governor there. What's your Call me, maybe. To call me. Uh, how concerned are you about artificial intelligence impacting the future as well as streaming <laughs> as streaming revenues? Let me tell you something. I'm I'm worried about regular intelligence. You know, now it's like they're going to like, that means they can use our image or our, for whatever. You know what I mean? And it's like, so now residuals have basically slowing down. And it's like, well, wait a minute, give us a piece of that pie too, you know? So right now it's like all the producers, they're making some dough, you know? And the only thing that's working is nobody's working, so... Nobody's working right now. You can understand, this affects a lot of people. This affects every restaurant around here. You know, this affects every... Oh, he's making a fucking good point, actually. This affects the restaurants, too, because if these people aren't working, they're not going out to eat. Around here, you know. And, uh, in fact... I wonder if there's even good restaurants around that. I bet it's a bunch of chains. My gardeners at my house right probably now. Probably public dumps or something. And are you concerned about AI either replicating actors or taking more actors' jobs? Well, you know what? Anything that takes away is not good. You know, I mean, uh, uh, when everybody's excited that, hey, we got a robot that can do this. Good. You just took Juan Sanchez out of a job. You know, so it's like, for me... It's like we've got to remember that you know, we're all on this 
it's like we're all on the Titanic looking for a good seat. You know, we got to take care of each other all over the world. And so, and how long do you think this strike could last? I hope not too long. Uh, aren't income taxes coming up pretty soon? I know I owe a lot. Tell them, hey, <laughs> uh, President uh, Biden, you're going to have to wait for your money. Well, I understand you're here to bring water <laughs> and tacos to some of the... That's pretty funny. Like, he's generally he's generally a, a pretty good guy. And like I said, he did a great job in the episode of Burn Notice he was on. And he was... Well, what I kind of like is some of the, like, famous people that don't need the money are out there, like, talking about this and being like, hey, you know, these, all these people actually need this job. They need this work. This is what they do for a living, you know. He mentioned, I forget the name he used, but it obviously wasn't anybody we've heard of. He's like, oh, you know, you're doing this. Well, now this this dude you've never heard of is out of a job. Great. Good for you. And so it's kind of nice to see some of the people stepping up. He mentioned Tom Cruise, and I bet he mentioned Tom Cruise because notably Tom Cruise hasn't said shit. Probably busy ridding himself of body thetans. Anyway, up next we got... We got a couple clips of people from Trump rallies. You know, that's why everybody's here, right? Uh, this one, this is a pretty bold move for uh, someone to just come out and say, "I, I, you gotta, you know, you gotta respect it." I suppose. You ever seen any voter fraud? Yeah, me. I did it. You, you, you committed voter fraud. What'd you do? Voted twice for Trump. Really? Four years ago, yes. Did you get in How trouble for that? Yeah, I'm still on permission for it. Really? Yeah. Now, if I had voted for Hillary, I would have got a gold medal. And But you voted for Trump twice. Yes, I did, yeah. Yeah. So... I learned the hard way not to do it. But did I, you wear a mustache or anything? No. No, I was two in. different places. I went to a different place. A different time. I voted yeah. one time, like maybe a couple weeks later, trying to vote in another place someplace else. I don't know. I'm having like a big crisis because I honestly thought it was like libs that were doing it. Yeah. That's fucking funny. Like the, and it's, she's like, I got in big trouble. I learned my lesson. You know, it'd be really funny though, is if she was just, if she was just taking the piss, right. And that didn't happen. And she was like, Oh, it was me. I did the voter fraud. That would be very funny. She'd be even funnier than, I believe those were the good liars who were interviewing her. If I'm not mistaken, so that would be pretty funny. But like, like in-person voter fraud actually isn't really a problem. Um, we have election fraud and, you know, other things like gerrymandering in the Electoral College that are a problem. But in-person in voter fraud seems not to be a problem. And that's that's good. So up next, we got a guy he, who personally um, has uh, audited the uh, last election. He did it by, uh, you know, I'm going to assume uh, by uh, doing his own research, but we'll let him tell it. Maybe maybe I got it wrong. Maybe he, uh, maybe he uh, got the information from Jesus or some shit. You're supporting Donald Trump. Well, in my case, I'm in it because I got into the audit in New York State. I've oh. seen a lot of things that you're not supposed to see when you're auditing an election. Okay, tell us, what, what was your role and what were you guys auditing? Well, I'm the lead in Cattaraugus County, but we're leading the voter rolls in New York State. Oh. We found a lot of duplicated voter rolls. No. Yeah, <laughs> well, over a million. Over a million? Okay, so this is really important because a lot of people don't understand the importance of voter rolls and why they need to be clean. You know, we've heard a lot of people talk about ballot stuffing or ballot trafficking, like the 2,000 mules thing. You can't do that. You can't just add ballots into the tally unless you have corrupted voter rolls because those ballots have to be assigned to to a, a voter, but at least someone on the roll. Well, they so, created a savings account of extra voters that they can use at their will. Right. And they are doing that. We have the proof. We found the double voting. 
We've seen the algorithms. Uh, our lead research guy in the New York audit had a peer paper published about his research and what he did. It's been published. It's been approved. It's facts. What? Yeah, I don't believe this guy. I mean, he may have worked like on the election, but he's like, we found thousands of like duplicate things or millions, he said. But like the other thing is if they found them, then they were aware of them. I don't know. Like I just moved and I'm going to re-register to vote. I'll probably still be on the Santa Clara County uh, voter rolls, but I'm not going to vote there. Like people move all the time. People just move to a different place. One time I moved around the corner and I was probably, I literally moved around the corner one time and I was probably like on the voter rolls twice, once at the old address and once at the new address. But I only, you know, I only got my mail in ballot sent to one place. But, or we could just believe the guy in the Punisher shirt who has never read a single bit about the Punisher. I bet the guy is like back the blue. I have my Punisher shirt on. Anyway, last week we watched a clip of Pearl Davis. Um, She was, you know, she said some pretty shitty things. So this, what you're going to keep an eye on on this is this is another clip of Piers Morgan. She's on the Piers Morgan show. Keep an eye on her as Piers Morgan talks about what she did and uh, sort of describes it. Because it looks like she thought she was going to go on there for a softball interview and she realized that that's not what's going to happen. So Piers Morgan says, so Pearl Davis is the self-styled anti-feminist influencer who's creating major buzz online with a contrarian view. She's appeared in a couple of debates on this show. It's called Uncensored after all. We welcome any honestly held opinions. But this week, she's facing a major backlash by posting a song titled Why Can't We Talk About the Jews, which she dedicated to far-right commentator Nick Fuentes before later deleting it. Yeah, did you see that? She, like, she didn't know that he, like... The far right she had commentary. no idea that's what he was going to talk about. Nick Fuentes before later deleting it. She's like, how could you? Did you see that? You can't, like, that's not faked. That's like a very, that's like a real human reaction. Like when you're surprised and like fucking kind of mad, not mad, but like, you're like, oh no, this is a completely oh no reaction. If you're listening to the podcast, this is probably riveting. Like if you downloaded the audio, uh, but you can, you can find the, uh, the link to this in the show notes. Nick Fuentes before later deleting it. Why can't we talk about them Without getting kicked off of YouTube Now I'm not saying Hitler was a good guy But I kinda wanna know why Now there's all these conspiracy theories And the more they talk, I think maybe they're right But I can't even listen to the convo Well, Pearl joins me now along with the New York uh, author and founder Like She's legitimately shocked that this I think they probably lied to her about why she was coming on the show Did you hatred Brooke Goldstein over in the States? All right, Pearl You've come on the show a couple of times, right? We've had some spirited debates about mm-hmm. feminism and stuff like that, and I thought you've made some good points and it's got lots of traction. Then I wake up the other day and I see this thing that's trending involving you doing this song, and I couldn't really believe what I was watching. I didn't know. Why, why did you find, you find it funny? Huh? Did you find, you find it funny? I mean, you know the backlash to it. I mean, you, you deleted it. You obviously thought you shouldn't have posted it. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? 
So I have a feeling that uh, we're going to pick up on that during our red light tonight. We'll definitely, maybe we'll uh, watch the uh, Piers Morgan uh, interview with her. And then maybe we, if people can remember, if you maybe put it in the peanut gallery, it'll probably get, well, it won't get buried in the peanut gallery during the show. If you can put it in the peanut gallery, maybe we can watch uh, the, the whole interview and then we can watch her response to it. Because my docket's a little thin this evening and we're going to need something to do here. Um, yeah, why would you make that video and then put it up on YouTube and then like, and then again, like then act surprised, I guess, when people are like offended by it, because I think like, like a lot of times these people are doing things specifically to offend people. And so if you're getting what you want, then why do you get mad when you get what you want? And I think it's because. She thought she was just going to offend people like me or people like you, right? People that watch this channel, but she actually probably offended a lot of people in her audience. And that's probably why she got mad. And like, I'm being canceled because people in her audience probably were like, Hey, uh, what if you went and fucked yourself? And you know, you just, you just, you step out too far for your audience and a lot of times they're willing to forgive you. Like I've stepped out, uh, probably out on a limb, uh, doing this and, uh, people have, uh, you know, not necessarily liked what I was doing. And, you know, even a couple of times people have come to me and been like, Hey, what are you doing, dude? But like, I didn't write a song about why can't we talk about the Jews? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I'm willing to do, I'm willing to do a little bit of, a little bit of edgy stuff, but not that. First of all, I like, I like understand why we don't have, why we don't just continue to go over the Jewish question over and over again. Like <clears throat> it's, I'm not interested in it, but I also like, even if I somehow was interested in it, I would know that maybe that's radioactive and that I shouldn't write a song about it and then perform it on my YouTube channel. Uh, bad for the career, you know, bad for the career going forward as a content creator. So up next, we got uh, feminism equals genocide. What is the purpose of feminism? Why? Do, what do they want out of women? And I think, you know, I've done, I've like, I thought about this a lot. And it, to me, it just seems really obvious that the, the end goal of feminism and all of these messages is really to keep you, to keep people as childless as possible. As self I mean, how childless is, how as childless as possible? It just seems like it's a yes or no. Sterilized as possible. It almost feels like, I mean, it's a strong language, but a form of genocide almost to like Americans. Like they don't want you to be stable and happy and raising your own children. And it seems very obvious why they don't want to do that. They, they really want to sort of educate children themselves and feed them all their own messages. So the fewer kids that you have, you know, the fewer kids they have to worry about not getting the messages, not, not being indoctrinated properly. What? I mean, that was, wasn't even that offensive. It was just stupid. It, I thought like, so if you were trying to indoctrinate a generation, let's say we were trying to indoctrinate a generation here, not doing the best job here. If we were trying to indoctrinate a generation here, it would be Gen X. And it's like, well, those people are already adults. Uh, <laughs> but if you were, wouldn't you want that generation to be as big as possible so that you could indoctrinate as many people as possible? But apparently it's just too much work. If people have three or four kids, now you got to indoctrinate all fucking three or four of those kids. Just too much work. I mean, who has the time really? If you're going to indoctrinate a bunch of kids with propaganda, just get, 
could you just have one or two or maybe zero? Because I like I have shit to do. I can't spend all my life indoctrinating your kids. It's not really how this any of that works. When you when we look back at history and we uh, all agree that the there were political groups. Um, political parties, whatever, that were indoctrinating people into certain ideologies, those people almost always were like, have more kids, have more kids, have more kids, because they thought that the some kind of culture war, or even a real war was coming, and they wanted more soldiers for that war. So have more kids, more soldiers for our little war. But no, apparently not for us, for people like us. Ah, just too much trouble. Just don't have any kids. I don't want to have to fucking, God damn it, you had a kid, now I'm going to have to indoctrinate them. Just fucking silly. So up next, we got a clip. This guy's name is Hank Cunneman, but that's not really important. I don't usually even play this guy's clips because he's fucking annoying. It's just this fucking same old, like, Jesus moral panic shit. But uh, we've been talking a little bit on the channel about Vivek Ramaswamy. He's the Republican uh, running for president or for the head of the intellectual dark web. I don't know which either. <clears throat> but I was like, this guy, like, they're not going to vote for him. And we all know why. And I'm surprised that this is the first clip we're playing of somebody saying the thing that I was thinking. So here's a Pastor Hank saying, I guess, the quiet part out loud about Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, shout out to Right Wing Watch. Couldn't do the Sunday show without them. We will have the greatest battle yet, and it'll be the battle with God if we go this way. And I'm going to tell you what the way is. And it's the way that when God raises up a deliverer, you better recognize it. And here's where you better be, be careful. I said it on Flashpoint on Tuesday, and I meant it with everything inside of me. I said, anyone, in my opinion, I'm not saying you don't have a primary. I'm not saying that that is against our constitutional rights or freedoms, okay, to, to, to you know, not have a primary. Are, are you listening? It's not a normal election cycle. What I'm saying is anyone running against 45, in my opinion, is absolutely not sensitive to 81 million who didn't think that they had election integrity. It's an Wait, what? It's I, I didn't think it was going to go this way. What do you mean? But on the other, like, these same people are on the other side saying, oh, why well, aren't there debates against the incumbent president? And it's like, dude, this guy, like, thinks people shouldn't even run. I think, like, if there's a presidential election coming up and you want to run, I say go for it. It's hard. If you're running against an incumbent president, like, don't expect a debate. But this guy's just like, don't run. All right, dude. That's weird. So, number two, the fact that you're running against a man whose presidency was brought into question by 81 million and others who voted for the other guy saying, wait a minute, something's off. And we've seen the same pattern. I question, why would you run? But here's the third one. And I said it on Flashpoint. We are in danger as a country. And listen to me, Generation Z. Listen to me, millennials. Those oh, yeah. A lot of fucking like 20 year olds are checking out this guy's sermon, I bet watching that you like this new young guy if he does not serve the lord jesus christ and stand primarily for judeo christian principles you will have a fight with god what are we doing even entertaining the fact 
You're going to have some dude put his hand on something other than the Bible? You're going to let him put all of his strange gods up in the White House and we're just supposed to blink because he understands? Yeah, this is fucking bullshit. Like, uh, there's a ton of reasons I don't want to vote for Vivek Ramaswamy, but zero of them have to do with him being Hindu. And if he was running maybe as a, I don't know, as a third-party candidate or whatever and was totally cool and I agreed with him, because I live in California, I'm free to go vote for a third-party candidate, right? But my vote gets thrown away by the Electoral College, essentially. Anyway... I wouldn't care that his name is Vivek Ramaswamy. And policies. In fact, it was Wednesday morning after that flashpoint. I heard the voice of the Lord at two o'clock in the morning. And he it was so authoritative. And he said these words. He said, I am the Lord God. I am a jealous God. Oh, somebody in chat. We don't usually talk to the chat during the podcast. But they asked a good question. Is the guy even Hindu? Or do they just assume because his name is Vivek Ramaswamy? I never, I never, it never occurred to me that he was, I, I didn't think about his religion because I think he's running for president of the intellectual dark web. Thou shall have no other gods before me. And I said to God at two o'clock in the morning, I said, as your voice, I will say that to the people and remind them. It's why our country has been blessed. Whether the presidents have fought. You were watching, if you're watching this, that guy had a gigantic base bin. I don't know why for this fucking fire and brimstone speech you need like two 18-inch subwoofers and a fucking 2,000-watt base bin, but here we are. Jesus, no, they've been held to a standard. You're not bringing your idols into our country. You know what took out Solomon? The wisest king? He brought foreign idols into his garden. And I don't care how good someone's policies are and how good they sound. If they don't profess the name of Yeshua. Are you hearing me? Oh, well, Pastor Hank, I think you're being extreme. But like the guy, this guy's four doesn't spend a lot of time, whatever, professing the name of Yeshua, right? Like he doesn't, like, you know. You, you say whatever you want about Trump, but we like we all know that the guy did not like spend a lot of time talking about God and Jesus. Even even after he knew he had to like court the evangelicals, he still didn't spend a lot of time talking about God and Jesus. I can already see it. They're going to write their filth. Let them write. I love empowering you and tormenting you that you have to write. Yeah, the truth hurts. So keep writing and keep hurting. But here's the point. I'm not I'm not calling someone out. For the religion. What I'm saying is, we will have a fight with God. We'll have a fight with God on our hands. And if well, I'd have to root for God in that case. But I think he means God would be on his side. You believe in the God of our Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. He didn't change from the Old Testament to the New Testament, where now he just welcomes anything. Oh, if you want to call yourself a man and you're, you're a woman, oh, that's fine. If you're a, if oh, you're he had to just bring that into. Like a woman in your magic. Now, he, now he's he's going off script and playing the hits. It oh, looks like now. Uh, I will endorse. No, 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 no. That, no, it's the same, same. Old Testament, New Testament. There are things that God does not like that He hates. He's jealous about. And one of the things that He doesn't like, and it's why He blessed Jehoshaphat, because Jehoshaphat was a king that Jehoshaphat. And took out the false idols and brought Israel back to honoring the one true God. So America be smarter than that because it won't matter what the prophets prophesy if we now... Why is he even talking about this? Is Vivek Ramaswamy even getting like 1% in polling? ...fight with God over his jealousy. Dangerous. And no, 
they would not make a great vice president. Why? Like, I don't understand the, the point of even, like, spending... I mean, it's just because he wants to, like, bash people who are the wrong religion or whatever. That was, like, the point, but... I'm not worried about Vivek Ramaswamy becoming the president and uh, imposing the marketplace of ideas and, um, I don't know, like mandatory ivermectin or whatever the fuck it is he'd do. But, um, I like just, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I like, I don't know. I feel like if you're not going to vote for somebody, you should have a better reason than, oh, they're a Hindu and I'm afraid of that. Anyway, here's a uh, Shane Vaughn. Uh, he mad about the fucking Barbie movie. We're living in a world that hates men, especially white men. People love me. I'm white and I'm a man. People, I fuck, people like me. And uh, they hate patriarchy. They hate the head of the house. It's toxic feminism is what it is. And this is what the Barbie movie promotes. The hatred of men turning men into boy toys, emasculating men while they rule. <laughs> there is a spirit that if you... He knows. He, he watched it twice. Your daughters or your granddaughters to watch this movie, you are turning them into the lesbians and into the uh, everything you don't want them to be. Let me tell you what lesbianism is. What, do you have to tell your audience what it means to be a lesbian? Is this a birds and the bees talk with his audience? Lesbianism is not even sexual. It Wait, is what? mental. It's both. When you begin to say what God's word doesn't say, I don't need a man. I don't want a man. That is lesbianism, whether you're ever involved with another woman or not. No, that's not. <clears throat> no, no. I mean, whatever. This is the worst. This is the worst. Imagine if you were like a uh, young, <clears throat> like a kid, his kid, and he's like, okay, I got to tell you about the birds and the bees. Then he tells you this shit instead. God created a woman for the man. The Bible says that. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you get mad. You can't argue with me. You can't debate me. Well, you don't take calls. I'll shut you down with God's word. Your oh. opinion don't matter. It bows down to the word of Yahweh. In the word of God, the woman was made for the man. Now, baby, anything besides that is lesbianism. <laughs> lesbianism. Okay? Because if you don't need a man, that makes you a man. Huh? No. No. Like that's this guy doesn't even has this guy ever spoken to a lesbian? I bet he's afraid of lesbians. And he thinks they're gonna beat him up. <laughs> I don't even know what like why do I I'm just telling you this guy this guy watched the Barbie movie more than once. He's probably uh right now actually watching it for the third time. You know, research, research lesbianism that's what it is is when you don't need no man it's lesbianism sure anyway up next is uh i just my comment my question is is that where the declaration of independence came from if you want to read one of the most profound sermons sermons read the declaration of independence that's not a sermon 
It was taken out of the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus. In <laughs> uh, no. The Old Testament. Thomas Jefferson wrote it for the most part. He had a small committee, but it was taken out of those two Old Testament books. So to your point, uh, Floyd, you're exactly right. right. The bedrock, the foundation of this nation and our founders, they believed was by God ordained this nation. Oh, well, okay. They decided not to put that in the Constitution, but like, whatever. They just mean that like, that there's flowery language about in the Declaration of Independence about like, well, we're endowed by our creator or whatever. That's, that's, that's all they point to. That's uh, then people get the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution like uh, confused all the time. Uh, one of them is law and the other one is like a Dear John letter. The Declaration of Independence is just the most famous Dear John letter that anyone ever fucking wrote. Anyway, up next we got um, <laughs> a Fire by Night reject, uh, Robin Bullock, and um, the prophecies about the 2020 election couldn't have possibly wrong it been wrong. It's just everyone else is wrong, not Robin Bullock or the the prophets. Everyone else is wrong. And as uh, once again, shout out to Right Wing Watch. Couldn't do this show without uh, good folks over there at Right Wing Watch. There's some things that we've given in prophetic word that I've said that absolutely there's no way you could have made it up. They come to pass and it's all recorded. Do you think that and prophecies other prophets have given that are astounding that you just look at it and say, you can't make this stuff. Behind him is, do you remember that screensaver that came with like Windows 3.1? I think that's what's running behind him. If you're watching the podcast, there's this screensaver that you could get. It was either like from like the, like the After Dark screensavers or maybe it came with Windows where it was just these stars kind of slowly coming out uh, toward you. And that seems to be what he's got running behind him. Uh, somebody in chat just called him Silly Ray Cyrus. Up up. Do you think they would hit it on everything like that and miss who won the election? Folks, that's stupid. Um, <clears throat> wait, <clears throat> these people who made these predictions, the predictions didn't come true. It is stupid for you to believe that the predictions didn't come true. It's not. It's not stupid to just hold on to these predictions that didn't come true. It's stupid to believe that they didn't. Just just join me in my reality where all these predictions came true. <laughs> Up next, we haven't taken a look at this guy in a while. And by that, I mean like maybe three weeks. We got Stu Peters. Uh, Stu Peters has a bit of a theory about Kevin McCarthy and uh, Marjorie the Gathering. Well, we're using the term theory uh, pretty loosely here. So that brings us to Miss Marjorie. Representative Taylor Greene ran as a grassroots candidate. Remember, I'm going to expose all of the rhinos. The establishment campaigned against her in 2020. So she looked good on the surface. And when she got selected and installed, she, uh, she won her election. She did not get selected and installed. She won her election. They did not select Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't like Marjorie the Gathering, but she won her election. Immediately joined the Freedom Caucus. Liberal Republicans, meanwhile, teamed up with Democrats to kick her off of her committee assignments. So again, she looked like a really bright and shiny object, a freedom first fighter. A bright and shiny but object, past everyone. Year, something changed. MTG became an ally of Kevin McCarthy, who represents the rhinos and the swamp. He is the swamp. He is a rhino. He is 
the leader of the rhinos. And then she became basically one of his number one shills in the entire Congress, in the entire world, maybe. Just like that. Crazy, isn't it? I wonder what Kevin McCarthy holds over Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, nothing. She wants political power. She wants power in politics. And if she's going to get it, not the worst thing in the world to cozy up to the uh, Speaker of the House, even if you don't agree with the Speaker of the House on everything. It's not that, uh, yeah, the, come on, you'll get more of your agenda done or you'll be able to you know, push your agenda better if you are like at least friendly with the most powerful person in, the, in your party in the body of Congress that you're in. It's, just, it's dumb to think otherwise. And that's all she's doing. Stu Peters, ain't nothing going on, but she's a politician. And I guess, I don't know, don't vote for her next time. Do you think Stu lives in her district? I get big, I do get Florida vibes. I get Florida vibes from Stu Peters, but I don't know where he's at. Don't know where he's at. Anyway, we haven't talked about InfoWars in a while. Uh, here's InfoWars dork Harrison Smith. This is like the C or the D team over there at InfoWars. He's going to we can go back to Charlottesville. Let's talk about Charlottesville with InfoWars dork Harrison Smith. It's, just, it's, it's really sad that we have to like re-explain the most basic facts about freedom as a concept to people. What is this music? It's, it's a bizarre position to be in. But it's like, I guess when you have decades of public, the public school system and the mainstream media systematically destroying the foundations of this country, we have to rebuild it up. We have to re-explain why things like freedom of speech are important. Why you, why it's better for our country to allow opinions, even unpopular ones, even opinions that some people would see as highly objectionable. Why it's better to allow those opinions than use the force of government or public violence to destroy those things. And what about especially weird because it's only one particular view that's not allowed, right? You're really only not allowed to like care about white people. That's Wait, what? because anytime you talk about Black Lives Matter. I mean, they're perfectly aware of what a dangerous precedent it would set to, like, arrest a bunch of peaceful protesters who are just marching down the street, even if what they believe is ridiculous nonsense that actually has tangibly bad results, right? So, like, the marches of Black Lives Matter resulted in the defund the police program policy set that... But they never, nobody, the, the police didn't get defunded, except maybe in Antioch. We cover that on down ballot. There'll be more on that this Friday night, I think. But that's a different story. That's uh, the the most of the police of uh, most of the police there have done things that mean they're just going to get fired. But I don't think that's what anybody meant by defund the police, and it just didn't happen. Has led to tens of thousands of extra murders. I mean, untold death and suffering as a direct consequence of the policy supported by the marchers that were there. But the marchers aren't committing violence and they're allowed to march, even if their ideas are in effect and in practice murderous. But, but, but the, 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 the premise is false in this case. 
Like that's what freedom is about. And when it comes to Black Lives Matter, they understand that perfectly well. But when it comes to the Charlottesville rally, 2017, six years ago, uh, suddenly it all goes out the window. And despite the fact that the vast majority of those people marched and weren't remotely aggressive towards anybody. Did any of them get arrested? I mean, no violence whatsoever. Uh, Wait, what? No. Basically, they right, have dude. regular Americans advocating in favor of their life being destroyed. Because they marched in a, in a Nazi rally. So wait a minute. He said he's he's conflating some things. He's like, oh, their life is getting destroyed. But then he was talking about like pe people not getting arrested. Well, you can fuck your life up in all kind of ways without getting arrested, right? Like it's pretty easy to fuck your life up and not get arrested in the process. If anybody remembers, I mean, there are people on the ground documenting that whole thing. Everything about it is so so utterly backwards and insane. Because after all, you had a group of people. Again, whether you agree with what they were marching for or not. Did those people get arrested for doing that march? Right to march. They were doing a peaceful protest. Oh, no. He's talking about like them getting identified. And he's probably talking about the memes. There were like a lot of great memes about that. And then busloads of Antifa show up and cause violence. And then it's the people who had the right to march are the ones that are blamed for it. But again, this guy... Six years ago, participated in this as a 20-year-old, which is like when you see what's happening to America, when you see the vicious hatred transmuted into law against you and your country and your people and your family. Oh, just say the 14 words. I can't watch a minute more of this. Plus, this is a long video, and you, we can only watch short clips of InfoWars here on Twitch. Um, against you and your country like the thing at the end there he was he was definitely like not even dog whistling right he was like fog foghorning uh white supremacy he was like oh they're taking your country away from you and shit it's like well who i mean you know we know who it's uh generally uh people of color and oftentimes if you go far enough down the rabbit hole they say that uh that jewish people are funding it we got three more clips here. Uh, up next, we got uh, DP, otherwise known as Dennis Prager. He has, in fact, removed the DP logo uh, from his uh, live stream because, I mean, do you really want to think about DP with Dennis Prager? I, I certainly don't. Anyway, he's going to talk about uh, Albert Einstein. Why am I bringing this to your attention? Because I don't give a damn what Albert Einstein thought about religion. That's why. The fact that people care about what he thought about religion is proof that he's right. Science has superseded religion. I came to this conclusion decades ago. I don't much care what Albert Einstein thought about religion, but I mean, it's interesting, interesting to hear. When I saw a, an ad in the New York Times, whole page, Nobel laureates oppose capital punishment. And I thought, what the hell do I care what a Nobel laureate in chemistry or physics or poetry thinks about capital punishment? It's part of the worship of the intelligentsia, which the intelligentsia tries to bring about. 
Albert Einstein was not a particularly bright man outside of science. He was, for example, a pacifist. Pacifism is stupid. Pac- Wait, no, you can make an argument for pacifism. Is morally stupid. It is never right to kill. Are you kidding me? Einstein, a Jew, thought it was not right to kill the Nazis? I bet, I bet if you, uh, I, I feel like this is probably a gross oversimplification of this. He's not here to answer the question, but if you're a pacifist, then you believe that fighting the Nazis was evil. That's what pacifism means. No, it, it, it no. Sometimes you kill. That's, that's not what pacifism position. means. Sometimes you kill. No, that's, there are pacifists even believe in self-defense. That's, I'm not even going to get in. Like, first of all, I don't like, I don't have a, like a deep background on the philosophy of pacifism. But I know that uh, Dennis Prager doesn't either. He's just like, oh, it's stupid. It's stupid. Uh, this guy's an idiot. Well, I don't, you know, we don't do hero worship around here. We talk about that a lot on the intellectual Dollar Tree. Like, I don't know if your hero is a dead guy, at least he can't fuck up tomorrow. But like, I don't think that a lot of people are really looking to Albert Einstein for social commentary. <laughs> Maybe some social commentary on the issues of his day, but certainly not on the issues of ours. And um, yeah, there's DP being doubly stupid again so um i didn't know that they did drag shows at a hipster coffee shop but apparently they do because here's heather hying uh, claiming that she went to a drag show and she's gonna have you know all kinds of things to say about the people there but as you might imagine uh the crowd had some uh beautiful and compelling people in it uh, including, for instance, some guys who looked like they walked out of the Castro in the 1980s. Like some, some just... Wait, they looked like they walked out of the Castro in the 1980s? That would make them old. Fabulous gay guys. Really, really built, wearing like black leather and, you know, like could have been the village people, right? Uh, but it also had the, you know, 2010s, 2020s version of this the woke brigade the you know the so-called queer community if you will which there were all kind of people at this drag event that i definitely went to by and large these people do not look healthy right it's you know people are you know very doughy very they were doughy pale you know lots of artificial color on their skin and their hair and such and you think heather colors are gray and, i don't know um, some elaborate costuming, which, you know, okay, but often not. Just kind of dingy clothes and doughy, both affect and physique. We're going to ma'am. And at some level, I think that people ma'am. have become convinced that to aspire is somehow shaming those who haven't done better. And so by voting for the obviously less compelling less skillful and less attractive person they are both affirming who they are and not you know fat shaming beauty shaming you know all of these things which is actually just code for uh if you are fit and healthy and look good you don't get to talk about it because why not i'm in charge now and i don't have health i don't have beauty I don't, apparently, you know, often don't have much going on at all, but 
I've declared that I'm in charge. And somehow a lot of people are buying into it. So I don't believe that she went to the, the, the drag show. I just don't think she did. I think she's just like fucking making up stories. Uh, but also like I've been going to events my entire adult life and it turns out, and I, I know people might be shocked by this. I'm not attracted to everyone at this event. I don't think that everyone there is what we would call a beautiful person. Um, that's fine. I don't know. Um, let dance, have a good time. Enjoy the event. I don't see what, I don't see why, why, like why this matters. Oh, she's like the young people were there and they looked a way that I didn't approve of. It's like, all right, lady. So what I see, sometimes I see like what young people are wearing and I'm like, ah, I wouldn't wear that or whatever. But like, so what big fucking deal? I'm 46 years old. Maybe I'm not going to understand what's going on with like 20, 20 to 25 year olds for the most part. That's okay. No problem. We got one more story on the docket before we go into red light. I wonder what the red lights are going to look like in here. Cause it's a, if you notice there's a lot of light in here. <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to make some adjustments maybe. Anyway, this is, uh, we may end up watching this during the post game of the intellectual dollar tree on Wednesday. This is, uh, old beef and Benzo's Jordan Peterson on the club random show where, uh, Bill Maher, uh, sits there and pretends to drink and smoke weed. You look amazing. Oh, thank because you, Because I know you're at death's door. Uh, uh, yeah. For a long time. <laughs> it's, I, I've said this before. I said, it, I hope he talks about the apple cider. Matthew Perry, cause he was at death's door when he was on my show the other one and I said you know it's amazing that life it's so fragile it's so easy to die and it's also kind of hard this is true it's also kind of hard to get you mm -hmm. and you were close right oh yeah so what why what was I forgot what I it don't was. know really you don't know really Not really it was a bunch of things I think I I mean we know we know it was addiction to uh, benzodiazepine coupled with a refusal to accept the uh, medical consensus on how to detox from benzodiazepine. We know. I think all at the same time. I don't really know. But what was the symptoms? Um, I was in worse pain every moment during the morning and afternoons for two and a half years than I'd ever been for any moment in my whole life. What kind of pain? I don't know how would I describe it. Like all over? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was also it was also like cattle prod pain, so I couldn't sit down. Like for there were months where I was walking nine to twelve miles a day. And what is the provenance of this pain? We don't know. Well, some of it had to do with some of it had to do with benzodiazepine um, What's that? withdrawal. Val Valium, essentially. Oh, you Valium were taking variant. Valium. Yeah, although not very much. And, oh, no? And I, well, I got really sick. I got really sick in 2017, in People 2016, still, and I, d I couldn't sleep at all. People partied on that shit. I know. In this town. Yeah, the well, Liam. you know, if you, do it, if you do it now and then, it's not so bad, but... No, I, n I, I always had a low keel, so like any downer I took... You just pass out? I literally... I think Bill it. isn't buying it right, but <clears throat> like his audience, he has to like play along. He can't just be like, this is bullshit. Even if that's what he believes. And we don't know that's what he believes, right? If we were to assume that, that would be maybe wishful thinking or whatever. But I don't, I don't know what he believes. Doing this for the money, just like I am. I'm doing this. For, I mean, I, you know, I like doing this, but I'm doing this for the money now. When I was living in New York, when I was a young comic, 
we took a quaalude, quaaludes, remember quaaludes? Yeah. And I passed out, we got about two blocks from my apartment, I passed out, I remember it being over the hood of a cab. Party. And they just dragged me, my friend dragged me right back to the apartment and threw me on the bed. And I woke up 14 hours later with the door open. That's how bad my apartment was. The door was open for 14 hours and no one wanted to rob it. That's sad, that's sad, you know. Or you lived in a safe neighborhood. Embarrassing in New York. So you were on, okay. But then, okay, but, and I mean, you just look great. Thank you, sir. You look better than ever. Yeah, probably yeah, I'm better than like, ever. You look like the fucking Marlboro man. I mean, you're like... <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that far. Ready. ready to go, man. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, but that suit, I mean, Jesus Christ, you must feel like a million bucks to come back from that. I mean, B probably feels more like 10 or 20 million, maybe 30 million. I'm pretty happy, but, well, my wife almost died too, eh, at the same time, so... Well, maybe that's what caused your sickness. It didn't help. Right. So the media went had brought up that like you can't fact check any of this because this is all medical stuff and your medical stuff's private so what if all this is bullshit what if the whole thing is bullshit including the benzos and what if it was <clears throat> what if it was just fabricated now i don't believe that but it could be medical stuff's private and my daughter was also very sick at the same time i so. mean i believe rather deeply in the mind body connection i mean i believe that among the uh parts of Western medicine that annoy me and that I believe in the future will look stupid is not countenancing, not taking into account rather that element. Like if they can't Wait, this is incorrect. Mental, your general care practitioner will tend to ask you about your mental health. This is incorrect. On a blood sheet, you know, a your blood yeah, it doesn't show up on a blood test, but that doesn't mean nobody's asking about it or paying attention to it. This is just bullshit. Fight with a number, it doesn't really exist in Western medicine. And I don't think that's how we are. You uh, agree with that? Hey, thanks for watching the clip. Oh, hit the subscribe. I'm sorry button. we watched the clip, but Bill, our podcast is over. Um, <clears throat> so I, I wish you would have brought up the apple cider because that apple cider story is fucking hilarious. Um, but the thing at the end where Bill acted like, um, when you say mind-body medicine too, that's sort of like, that's, it's sort of like a kind of a, like a crystal healing energy thing that people talk about. But <clears throat> the notion that um, <clears throat> modern medicine doesn't take into account your mental state is just incorrect. People get referrals to uh, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists all the time from people practicing science-based medicine. It's just, it just happens. As well, it should. And I think maybe <clears throat> maybe uh, science-based medicine could do even a better job on that going forward. I have no problem with that. But, you know, not my area of expertise. And, uh, yeah, not my, not my area of expertise. So, everybody, I hope you <clears throat> like the, 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 the new motif of the show here. Um, I worked pretty hard over the last couple days to put this together to make sure we could go live tonight. We did go live later than I wanted to tonight, but... I just didn't want to be rushed. Didn't want to be stressed out for the show. So uh, all the other shows going forward should be starting on time. Uh, sorry about the chaos in the last couple of weeks. And I'm glad everybody stuck around. Thanks to the people who bought shit off our Amazon wish list. Uh, thank you for people direct uh, cash donations. Thank you for everybody who has subbed and uh, donated bits. And if you've ever thought about supporting this project, now is as good a time as any because we're just going to get better. 
the lighting's just going to get better. I was going for that bisexual style lighting and I'll still get it. It's just, it's mostly just pink with like a, like a yellowish glow behind me, which don't look so bad, but we'll get, we'll get more, uh, we'll get more like blues and greens coming up soon. Anyway, I'm probably going to rock two songs cause I'm in a new place. So I don't uh, know the lay of the land as well. I don't have my little routine um, to get myself a cocktail and get the lights red and get back in here. But the first one will be boomers because that's how we end all of our uh, political shows. And then um, after that, I'll let the auto DJ pick and uh, I'll be back in a couple minutes with red light. Uh, what we have tonight for red light is we have a Roger Ailes widow making her debut on red light. We got Mike pillow has been working 18 hours a day since August 17th, which I actually do believe we got a new chemtrails hype that just dropped. We got a bunch of cookers gathering in Melbourne. And I just had wrote down, if someone asks, if you're a God, you say yes, because I'm a Ghostbusters fan. Then we got a oh, little Nikki Fuentes did not like Barb, the Barbie movie. Then we're going to take a look into some of the stuff that PragerU is uh, suggesting and um, might likely be uh, using to indoctrinate uh, school kids in Florida. So I'll be back in a little bit. Stick around. And uh, podcast listeners, I don't know. Join us, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia.
Friday nights at 9 p.m., it's time to sit back, relax, and play conspiracy bingo with Echoplex Media. We've curated the best conspiracy theorists the internet has to offer and turned it into a live bingo game you can play for free with absolutely no prizes but bragging rights. You won't find a live stream like this anywhere else, and that's probably better for everyone else's mental health. Tune in every Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.